Okay, well, it's one o'clock on the dot Eastern. Hello and welcome to the Middle East Forum speaker webinar series. I'm Stacy McKenna and I will be moderating this discussion today. We're pleased to have Marcus Sheff, CEO of Impact SE, join us to discuss Middle East textbook books, positive change and Islamist resistance. Mr. Sheff will speak for 10 to 15 minutes and open it up for questions. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of your screen. We'll do our best to get to all questions, but we have many participants on this webinar, so I apologize in advance if you do not get to yours today. And with that, I will turn the discussion over to Mr. Markusha. Thank you, Stacey, and thank you everybody for joining. I'll try and keep this short so that everybody can have a chance at asking a question, or at least as many as possible. Impact SC has been monitoring textbooks in MENEV for the last 20 years. And, and the question is why? Because textbooks are authoritative. They are powerful. They can be a powerful barrier against acting out violence. And of course, as we all know, a blueprint for radicalization. So what does the textbook landscape look like in Manu at the moment? Firstly, there are improvements. In Jordan, King Abdullah presided over taking out objectionable religious texts. I'm so sorry, we actually lost your picture there. Ah. <laughs> Perfect. Is that better? Yes. In, in Jordan, King Abdullah has presided over taking out objectionable religious texts. In Tunisia, textbooks educate about the importance of negotiations, peace, and respect for the other. And, and that has actually been the case there for many, many years now. In Egypt, President al-Sisi is taking a slow reform approach. For instance, a new history textbook dedicates a full chapter devoted to the peace treaty with Israel. But you will not be surprised to know that not all is rosy. In Iran, textbooks are committed to a total struggle until the coming of the, the Mahdi. The need for jihad and this fascination with Iranian hegemony in the region is all over the Iranian curriculum. Syria has a bizarre radical Ba'athist approach, a textbook which was, or, or a set of textbooks written during the civil war which barely mentions it. In Saudi Arabia, I think it's fair to say the will for change is there, but so much extremism remains, and it does need to be removed. So the Palestinian Authority, it was revised in 2006 with the help of European countries. And looking at this new curriculum, it's fair to say that peace is not presented as preferred or even possible. Peace agreements and proposals with Israel, which previously appeared in PA school books, have been totally removed. So what is left in its place? Let me try and share a presentation with you which will give you some kind of idea. This is President Abbas saying, as he does in English at the United Nations, we want peace. But what does he teach his children, 1.3 Palestinian children, every single school day in Arabic. It starts in first grade. 
This is a reading exercise teaching the letter Ha, the Arabic letter, using the word Mata, Shahid, an attack, Hijum. Six year olds, imagine that. This is math grade four. Count the number of martyrs in the first intifada, number of martyrs in the second intifada, how many martyrs do you have? This Salafi idea that the meaning of life is death is taught to grade three students. This, by the way, is relatively new. It is a pointer to quite how radical this curriculum has become. Israel, of course, wiped off the map, does not appear in dozens of maps in the Palestinian curriculum. Um, Newton's second law is taught through using a slingshot. But what's the real lesson here? It is saying to young people, go and sacrifice yourself. This is being taught to 14-year-old adolescents. Anti-Semitism is suffused in this curriculum. Jews are the enemies of Islam. They attempted to kill the prophet. They are liars and fraudsters. The Munich Olympic massacre is talked about as striking Zionist interests abroad. You can imagine, by the way, when we present this in Germany, how the German government and uh, parliament feel about that. Um, 72 virgin brides are available for those who die as martyrs and shahids. Martyrs, of course, being shahids. Um, and girls, in order to reach that same level as boys, also have to go out, kill and be killed. That is how they gain equality with boys. So what you see essentially is, is a strategic program to radicalize Palestinian children every single school day. And the, and the idea is clear. One state, Palestine from the river to the sea, which will be gained through their sacrifice at a time that the Palestinian Authority um, declares is the right time. I vow I shall sacrifice my blood, saturate the land of the generous, remove the usurper, exterminate the remnants of the followers. This is actually recited every single day in, in what is essentially a language book, not a religious book. So it is a curriculum which is remarkably radical, but I think um, what is interesting is that it is uh, unique in being paid for essentially now by, by the Europeans. So what are we doing about it? Um, making it a hot button issue, essentially. In the US Congress, we are educating for HR 23, 43, which is the uh, Peace and Tolerance in Palestinian Curriculum Act. It's going through uh, Congress at the moment, and we do hope that um, it will go through Senate and, and be signed by the President um, by, by, the end of, um, by the end of this Congress. We spoke at the United Nations at its third committee, um, presented essentially what you've just seen, and United Nations Committee in Geneva condemned the anti-Semitism in Palestinian textbooks. After working at the European Parliament last month, the Parliament passed legislation condemning the hate in the Palestinian curriculum. And we went to Norway to present to the government, to the Parliament there. Um, at the end of last year, the, the Parliament told the government to no longer transfer money to the PA while these books are being taught. And uh, two weeks ago, the Norwegian government, uh, the foreign minister there, essentially said, we are doing that. We are freezing that money until this curriculum is changed. So, you know, we are going to keep on working um, to make this um, constantly a hot button issue in Europe, in the US, around the world, and um, to push for change and, and to push for change in textbooks around the Middle East. 
hundreds of millions of young people in the Middle East are being taught every single day to hate Jews, to hate Israel. That has to stop, that can stop, and that will stop. We will make sure that that is the case. Please do ask questions. All right, thank you so much. So we have quite a few questions coming in. The first one is, if the world wants there to be a two-state solution, why haven't there been conditions put on what is taught in the education system? Well, this is actually a really interesting question and, and probably the key question in Europe. You know, we say to the Europeans, you um, are pushing for a two-state solution. The two-state solution is um, the uh, solution that you feel is best. And yet, there is no mention of it at all in the Palestinian curriculum, for which you are paying. And so, you know, that I think is, is really key. It is understood by uh, European legislators, uh, we hope, by members of the European Commission, the administration. Thank you. So along those lines, should the US and EU support for UNRWA textbook, the UNRWA textbook budget be linked to PA efforts to reduce incitement in schools, especially regarding pay to slay honoring of the Palestinian Authority terrorists with US Jewish victims? Mm -hmm. well, 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 to be absolutely clear, the um, UNRWA curriculum is the PA curriculum. And so um, grades one to 10, which is under schools, everything that I have presented to you um, is being taught in those under schools. That's 450,000 uh, children um, of the 1.3 million children who are being educated in the West Bank and Gaza. It is the same curriculum, no matter what um, under say. And um, as you will be well aware, that has been uh, proven. The, um, the fact that, um, it is, that the UNRWA are teaching those PA books without changes, without supplementary material, with um, absolutely um, no qualms whatsoever. Um, the State Department um, is clear about that. The US Congress is clear about that. And so, um, you know, clearly they should not be doing it. And clearly UNRWA should be uh, brought um, every single opportunity to answer why it is teaching a curriculum which is violent, radical, extreme, and anti-Semitic. But ultimately, the change of the UNRWA curriculum will come as a change to the PA curriculum. Thank you. So what about the curriculum in Egyptian textbooks? Can you comment on that? Really, really interesting. Um, so as, as, I, as I alluded to, there, are, um, there is a slow change in the Egyptian curriculum. We are clear that President al-Sisi wants change. The, the Egyptian curriculum is essentially um, a curriculum which emerged from the teaching of the Muslim brothers in Egypt, um, something which um, President Saadat had uh, no objection to, much um, to his, uh, you know, frankly, a uh, big mistake. And uh, clearly, uh, Mossi had no objection to that whatsoever, but al-Sisi does. And so, he is making changes. This history geography uh, textbook that I alluded to is, is really interesting. It uh, talks about that warm peace with Israel. And um, what I didn't say is that it says to young Egyptian children, it is in our strategic interests. It is in the strategic interests of Egypt to have that peace with Israel. Um, you know, the key there clearly is going to be the moderation of the um, Islamic studies books. That, that is always the key. Um, in Jordan, we saw that that was really what King Abdullah concentrated on, and that's where the big changes were made. Uh, Tunisia, the same. We believe King Mohammed VI in Morocco 
is in a process now of making those changes. But Egypt, as, as your uh, questioner um, clearly understands, is key. It's um, a lead Arab country. It's a very, very large country. And um, ideas out of Egypt permeate across the Sunni world. And so um, it is a place that we are going to be concentrating on. Um, we do need to do a new review of the Egyptian curriculum, see where we stand. So just for a comparison, what about the Israeli curriculum? How do they view Arabs? Well, um, you know, many people will consider the Israeli curriculum to be left-wing, liberal and progressive. Um, it is a curriculum which you know, really on, on t for two very, um, you know, important elements. Um, it has focused on for many, many years. And, and those are firstly peace. The idea that, um, that peace is the way to resolve conflict and that war is the least best option. That permeates, suffuses uh, the Israeli curriculum actually from, from kindergarten when they sing the song of peace, you know, all the way up to, um, all the way up to graduation. Uh, the, uh, you know, complexity grows as, as the years get older. Um, the other one is, is in relation to uh, the Palestinian other. Uh, you know, the, the other and the individual other are key um, international standards when reviewing textbooks. And the Palestinian other is covered both, obviously, culturally, religiously, as you, you would expect, but, but nationally as well. And this is where the, if you like, you know, the progressive um, idea might, might creep in. There is um, discussion in the Israeli curriculum of Palestinian nationalism, a um, discussion of what happened in 1948, which also uh, brings in the, the Palestinian uh, national narrative. You know, children, Israeli children are asked, for instance, they see a picture in a, in a, in a history book of uh, refugees leaving uh, uh, Ramla, and, and they are asked, what do you see? Imagine you're a Palestinian journalist, explain this. And, and um, you know, even the, the term expulsion, uh, the Hebrew gerush is used in, in the Palestinian, uh, sorry, in the, in the Israeli curriculum in, in one particular book. And, um, you know, so those who point a finger at the Israeli curriculum, when we point a finger at the Palestinian one, are barking up the wrong tree. Thank you. After the 2003 bombings in Casablanca, Morocco embarked on sweeping text reform. Do you have any updates on those efforts? Um, no. We, our understanding is that the French language books um, have been changed, that there is mention of the Shoah in, in those books. Um, we understand that that is by, by no means the most important element of the Moroccan curriculum, and we will be studying it um, soon. We do want to embark on that, though, when the changes have been made. And to the best of our understanding, that has not been completed yet. It's fairly pointless to look at a, a set of books which are just about to become obsolete. So we want that new curriculum to come online. Uh, we will study that um, and, and make a judgment. Are children getting this information uh, anywhere else aside from textbooks, like media or social media? <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, clearly, you know, children are, are looking at social media. If my children are anything to go by, um, well, pretty much most of the day and half the night. But I, I, I think the, you know, the question is not, you know, how much time children spend uh, being exposed to media, but how important that media is. And that is really the key with textbooks. Um, they are 
particularly authoritative. Children um, understand that. And, and, and even more so in the Middle East, you know, it's hard for, for Americans and Europeans, um, you know, to, uh, to, 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 to envisage. But apart from in Israel, in the Middle East, there is, you know, one textbook for one subject for one grade. That is it. Um, it's usually about 80, 90 pages uh, long. It has the seal of the state on it. And, you know, it is clearly derived from the state, taught in a, a state building, if you like, a school um, by state employees, uh, teachers. There is a real understanding that, you know, what they are seeing is um, a national identity which is being presented to them by their elders and betters. And that is, is what they are expected to absorb and understand. So imagine for Palestinian children, you know, if the message is, um, you know, be violent, one state Palestine, it will be gained uh, slowly, but it will be gained if you sacrifice yourself. Forget any idea of uh, peace with uh, the evil neighbor who tried to kill the prophet and uh, just carry on doing what we say. Um, that message is heard loud and clearly to a greater extent, we believe, than information they're seeing on, on television or social media or, you know, their crazy uncle at the dinner table. <laughs> That's a very good reference. Um, so we talked a lot about Turkey and Erdogan here at the Middle East Forum. Can you comment on the status there? Mm, really, really interesting. We, we did a review of the Turkish curriculum in 2016. And, and the reason that I, I didn't bring it up in the presentation is because we have reason to believe that um, our review is, is outdated. Looking, looking at it in 2016, we saw a curriculum which, um, you know, was kind of obsessed with the Ottoman Empire. Um, but was moderately inclusive of, of the other, of other religions, of other peoples, um, highly militaristic, um, that is true, um, but not um, anti-Semitic, um, but you know, anti-Israel, anti without, without a shadow of a doubt. What um, we believe has happened is um, since the attempted coup and the, um, you know, the pushback on that, Erdogan um, has gone to make changes in the educational sector, and that includes in the textbooks. And so, you know, that is a, another group of books which need a revisit. We understand that ideas of jihad are now in that curriculum, and, um, you know, more Islamic ideas, more radical ideas, more extreme ideas. Um, so we will have to review on the strength of that. Thank you. Do you think it's correct that the U.S. administration is withholding monies from UNA? Um, well, you know, there, there are some extraordinarily legitimate reasons in relation to, um, you know, why uh, one should withhold money from UNRWA, which essentially revolve, revolve around whether UNRWA should, should exist at all. Um, what is the need of UNRWA? Um, why is it just one refugee um, organization for um, one people? Uh, which perpetuates uh, the idea of being a refugee into the fourth generation and, and, and beyond. Um, but for us, in our very narrow, uh, narrow view, yes, if UNRWA insists on teaching the PA curriculum, insists on it, um, rather than a whole set of books it could get from all kinds of places, including, by the way, the Jordanian curriculum, which is um, you know, quite decent in many places, then uh, no, surely American taxpayers shouldn't pay to radicalize 450 children, 1,000 children in under schools. So we've talked a lot about the children and the textbooks today. Can you talk a little bit about re-educating the teachers as well? Mm. Um, clearly important. 
no, no, no question about it. Um, if for no other reason that teachers themselves will have been educated in uh, radical curricula if they come from uh, those countries where radical curricula are, are being taught. Um, what tends to happen, however, in, in the Middle East is, again, very regimented. So you get a, a, a book and a teacher's guide. The teacher's guide is in direct reference to that book. So if curricula are changed, um, and there is that one textbook for one subject, let's say my beautiful language, uh, grade seven, there will be a teacher's guide specifically for that. And it will, um, you know, follow that textbook. That is to say that the teachers don't have um, a great amount of wiggle room in relation to teaching the uh, subject that they are expected to teach, um, including the exercises. And, and you know, they, without getting too much into the weeds of education, I'm sure we have some teachers though on, on the call. So the, you know, you will know um, how important those exercises are. The exercise might relate to a, um, a paragraph or, or, or page that goes, goes before that. Um, you know, in, in the Middle East, as opposed to in the US, that really narrows down the options of the teachers. Having said that, yes, they absolutely need to be de-radicalized. They need to learn respect for the other, for the individual other. Peacemaking is the way to resolve conflict. No hate. Uh, you know, this is, this is absolutely clear. They need to um, be de-radicalized from anti-Semitic myths, which uh, they have inculcated. They need to forget this constant hate of Israel. Now, if they're teaching textbooks which don't have that hate of Israel and which uh, don't have those anti-Semitic myths, it is harder than, than if those books do contain that. It's not perfect. They could still be hateful. They could still be anti-Semites. They could still hate Israel. They could still pass that message along to students. But if it's in the books, how much easier is that to make sure that you have a generation after generation of young people who hate Jews in Israel? Along those lines, are there any textbooks that are already widely available that are more nuanced and even-handed in the teachings of Israel and the Jews? Mm. Um, well, Jews, yes. Uh, without, without a doubt, that would be uh, the Jordanian curriculum, uh, the new one, the one that we, that we have just reviewed. Um, in relation to Israel, it's, it's a battle, and it's a battle we, we have to fight and win. You know, let, let's not fool ourselves. There are um, textbooks in Europe, in Belgium, the UK, France, uh, Norway, which are virulently anti-Israel. My understanding is there are textbooks in, in the United States, in California, in, in, in uh, Boston, which are the same. Um, this, is, this is the battle that, you know, all of us have to fight where we are. And, you know, we are fighting in the Middle East. So, you know, the, the anti-Semitic, um, you know, element is something which it might be easier to change. Uh, for instance, you know, the Saudi Arabian curriculum. There is, there is anti-Semitism there. Um, here we are in 2020 with an understanding that there is a uh, new wind in, in Riyadh, new ideas in Saudi Arabia in relation to how to uh, think about, talk about Jews. Um, that has to uh, come out and we, and we are working on that. Um, but frankly, the anti-Israelism has to come out too. Um, it's, it is uh, hateful, it is uh, persuasive, and there will not be change until that comes out too. So we're working on that. But if I wish I could give you an example of one country in the Middle East which doesn't have hateful attitudes to Israel. So what have you learned from your efforts that you could pass on to other activists who want to gain better public access and be more effective and persuasive? 
Um, empirical evidence. It's as simple as that. Fantastic research will get you um, a long, long way. It is, it is impossible for a, um, a German socialist to look at a textbook with a anti-Semitic um, myth, which is being paid for by German taxpayers, and uh, say this is, this is acceptable. And how do we understand that? How do we uh, get to the point that we can do that? Because of um, you know, top class research. Then of course, one has to understand policy, one has to understand diplomacy, and you know, how, the, how the wheels of government and parliaments work in order to, and frankly, following the money. Um, who's paying for this? and why they're paying for this, and how do you persuade them to stop paying for this? So a combination of all of that, but start with great empirical research. Wonderful, thank you. And as a closing note, could you just let us know where to find some more information on what your organization is doing? Absolutely, um, impactse.org. So www.impactse.org, there's a slash between the impact and the SE. Um, all our research is there for going back 20 years. And um, it's a fascinating read for people who have a bit of time on their hands. As I'm sure many of us do right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, unfortunately, we've come to the close of our webinar. Thank you again so much for joining us, Mr. Shen. My pleasure. Thank you. Uh, for our viewers, please join us for our weekly Israel Insider webinar with Ashley Perry, Friday at 3 p.m. Wednesdays Eastern, uh, and Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern for Alex Jaffe's webinar, Extremists Exploit Recent Protests to Jumpstart Anti-Zionism. Next week, we will be switching over to a one-click login directly to the, uh, in, from the webinar invitation emails, remo removing the need to register for each webinar individually. This process will be outlined in the weekly webinar email for next week. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day.